This is Annie Stevens-Gleason, Minister for Worship and Incorporation at the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'd like to welcome you to our worship podcast. This is the Holy Eucharist, right to for March 12th, 2023. Good morning, church. So nice to see all of you today. Welcome if you are visiting us for the first time or first time in a long time. We're especially glad to have you. Um, during this season of Lent, we will have Children's Chapel um, in, the, in the chapel across the way. And Tommy is in the back there um, to lead you if you'd like to go to Children's Chapel at this time. Um, if you identify as a child, you're welcome to go. Um, and I, I believe there might maybe a treat there. We'll see. Um, also, uh, during the season of Lent, we continue our um, Sunday morning studies at 10 a.m. in the parlor. Today, we will hear from our archivist, uh, Elizabeth Grover. She's going to walk us through a history of the Redeemer timeline. Last week, we heard... Um, a timeline presented by the Intercommunity Justice and Peace Center on the history of race and racism in Cincinnati. This week, we're going to look at our Redeemer timeline and see where, uh, where things line up or don't and how we responded or didn't um, to, to those things we heard about last week. We also continue our Wednesday night Lenten series called Among All People. It is a Christian call to racial justice in America. 
And that begins on Wednesday evenings at 6 p.m. with worship in the chapel. Or if you can't make it quite by 6, come to the parlor at 6.30 for soup and bread and a lively discussion. Um, this week we are going to watch uh, our video on my hometown, um, St. Louis, Missouri. So please come and be a part of that discussion. Um, love to see you there. Our Holy Week schedule, you may have noticed, has been published, so please look that over. It is on the Connect tab on the website or on your Redeemer app. Um, and, and make plans early to invite friends and family to join you for Easter. We'd love to see this whole space filled um, for the celebration of Easter. And there's lots of other programs and events coming up. Again, check the website or the app for those. Um, and I, I believe there are some also in your bulletin here. I believe that's all of our announcements for today. So without waiting any longer, let us prepare our hearts and minds to worship God. Amen. Bless the Lord who forgives all our sins. God has mercy and forever. 
Jesus said, the first commandment is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is the only Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy upon you. Forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen you in all goodness. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you know that we have no power in ourselves to help ourselves. Keep us both outwardly in our bodies and inwardly in our souls, that we may be defended from all adversities which may happen to the body and from all evil thoughts which may assault and hurt the soul. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from Exodus. From the wilderness of sin, the whole congregation of the Israelites journeyed by stages as the Lord commanded. They camped at Rephidim, but there was no water for the people to drink. The people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? 
But the people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why did you bring us out of Egypt to kill us and our children and livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, What shall I do with this people? They're almost ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Go on ahead of the people and take some of the elders of Israel with you. Take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile and go. I will be standing there in front of you on the rock at Horeb. Strike the rock and water will come out of it so that the people may drink. Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. He called the place Massah and Meribah because the Israelites quarreled and tested the Lord saying, is the Lord among us or not? The word of the Lord. Good morning. Thank you for being here this early. As a reminder, we will continue to sing the psalm together. Uh, we'll ask you to sing every second verse, every even verse, and the choir will sing along with you.
A reading from Paul's letter to the Romans. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more surely then, now that we have been justified by his blood, will we be saved through him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God <clears throat> excuse me, through the death of his son, much more surely, having been reconciled, will we be saved by his life. But more than that, we even boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. The word of the Lord. Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. So Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, 
And Jesus, tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to Jesus, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket. And the well is deep. Where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to Jesus, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. For salvation comes from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to you. Jesus said to her, I am he. 
the one whom is speaking to you. Just then the disciples came, and they were astonished that he was speaking to a woman. But no one said, what do you want, or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, come and see the man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. And meanwhile, his disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more and then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around and see how the fields are ripe for the harvesting. The reaper is already already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I have ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there for two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of you that we said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. Spirit, our teacher, awaken our hearts, 
expand our minds, and shape our identities today and every day. Amen. Well, good morning. Um, some of you may be wondering who is this man that I have never seen standing up here. Um, hi, I'm Tim. Um, I'm the minister for youth and young adults here at Church of the Redeemer. Um, and I am thrilled to be worshiping and journeying through the letter to the church in Rome. Um, so let's go ahead and jump in. Um, I want to give some recap from last week because Phil set the table so well for us to continue um, in the book of Romans. Um, he reminded us that we have two different communities that are now coming together as one, unified in Christ, uh, where they have not been doing this before. So this is new, it's hard, it's messy, and so Paul's trying to give guidance on what this can look like. Phil also reminded us that our relationship with God should not be dictated by assuming we are unworthy because we haven't believed enough, we haven't done enough, or that we haven't done all the right things. Because the reality is, is that God shows up through Christ and the Spirit to show us that we are a blessing. He has come to heal us, to reconcile us, and for then us to go and share that hope with the world. Because God is with us where we are presently and where we are moving forward. But how is that possible? Well, that's where Romans 5 enters in. Uh, before we jump in to explore the text together, though, I would just like to share a little bit of my own story with you all. Now, like all of us, I am a makeup of many things that make me who I am, that create my identity. To share a few, I'm a father, I'm a son, I'm a brother, uh, but also I am divorced, I'm gay, and I'm a youth minister. Um, so let me maybe unpack a little bit of that for you. Um, so I grew up going to a very conservative evangelical church. Now, I will not stand up here and say that it was all bad because I gained a lot of things from my church home. A lot of good things that have shaped me, informed me, and that has rooted me in the faith that I have today. But as you can imagine, there were also things that I learned growing up that made me question and really caused harm to me for things that I came to learn later about myself, um, specifically regarding my sexuality. It wasn't until later in high school where I started to even understand what that looked like, but my foundation had already been laid for me to question that part of who I was and to make me feel like there was something inherently wrong about that that made me have to try to strive to earn God's love and made me question if I could even live the faith that I had been proclaiming my entire life. Well, that became an unsustainable way of living, as you could imagine, which ended up leading me to a complete breakdown in 2021, where I came out, my marriage of 10 years at that point had to be dissolved, and I walked through my divorce. And while I encountered spaces of encouragement and affirmation, I also found spaces of deep disagreement with the decisions I was making that now put into question my faith in Christ and my salvation. 
Now, I believe this kind of brings us to something that we may share together in the human experience, that certain aspects of our identity get perceived to be as they're not good enough, or that they're not worthy enough, or that they're just plain bad and wrong. And this could be done by us ourselves putting that on us, or others doing this. And this can come from a variety of spaces, societal standards, academic standards, family standards, or even faith and biblical standards. However, the issue with this mode of thinking is that it starts to create this hierarchy in our mind of this person is better than this person here, or we then try to justify ourselves as better than that person over there. Or perhaps even worse, in the church, it may put us in a space where we start to say who is in and who is out. So why am I telling you all of this? Well, because I have personally found Romans 5 to be very encouraging in my own journey. What we have Paul starting off with is saying we are justified by faith which means we're found right in something or someone beyond ourselves. Well, Paul tells us who that is. That someone is Jesus. And Jesus gives us direct access to grace. Grace is simply something extended to us that we do not deserve, nor can we earn. And this grace then leads us to hope. Hope allows us to stand confident and know that we will share in God's glory because of God's love. Again, it has nothing to do with us or anything that we can do to earn it. God has already extended it to us in Christ and has poured it out within us through the Holy Spirit. And this then is reconciling us back to our creator. It's pointing us back to our belovedness, placed within us since the beginning of time, being rooted in God's perfection and being seen as very good. Even in the fall, where brokenness entered the world, but guess what? God's goodness was never removed from us or the entirety of God's creation. The gospel reading today, the woman at the well, such a beautiful illustration for what Paul is talking about here. We have this woman who is a Samaritan. Two things already that have strikes against her that have placed her very low in society. We know from historical context and just the nature of what we have been told about her that she would have been oppressed and deemed as unworthy in her culture and time. But then Jesus comes, a man, and a man of authority at that, who talks to her. That's already groundbreaking. That's already breaking all the boxes. But he not just talks to her, he validates her 
and he empowers her. How is this possible? The woman was justified by her faith. And Jesus empowers her to go and share the good news that was given to her, that the kingdom of God is near, and that Jesus is extending to her and all who will believe living water that redeems and makes all things wrong right again. So where are we in this? Now, I know I have found spaces that believe we are meant to be Jesus, somehow being the bearer of judgment and deciding who gets to be extended grace. However, I have come to find this wildly inaccurate as we are the ones that need to be daily justified by our faith in Christ. As I shared, I found spaces in my own journey as I came out, as I walked through my divorce, people who did not agree and who did ask questions of, well, how can this be? If you are saying that you love God so much, how is it that you are going to make these decisions? Well, the reality is, is that I know my faith in Christ is through Christ alone, not by anyone else's standards of what they think is right or wrong, but it is simply in Christ. That's what Paul tells us, is that we are justified by our faith in Christ. So we are not living for people's approval or understanding of our faith in Christ. Because the reality is, is that Jesus is and always will be Jesus. And he doesn't need us doing the work that he's already done. It's completed. We just get to receive it. So that leaves us to then question, well, what is our role then? Well, I believe that if we understand the good news Jesus has given us, like the woman at the well did, it would lead us first to recognize our belovedness in the eyes of God and the belovedness of others. I appreciate this line, the testimony that's written that the woman gave. Come and see a man who told me everything I had ever done. That would be a really vulnerable and exposing thing to experience. But that didn't stop the conversation the woman recognized who Jesus was. She recognized her belovedness. She could see it in his eyes and in his voice. She could hear it. And she knew what he was saying was true, which led her then to do the next thing, I believe, we are also called to do, to share that good news and hope with others and to bring them in not to cast them out or to try to put markers of who is worthy or good enough. Because the reality is, is that we are sinners that have been died for. And we are continuously being reconciled through Christ's death, 
life, death, and resurrection. It's not by anything we can do or even our understandings of it. It's through Christ. Because the reality is, is that God never intended for our primary identity to be centered around being a sinner. He has been working for all of time to reconcile creation back to him. Now hear me. I am not saying that we are just without sin. Y'all, we are flawed. But God already knows that. And there are no points in the gospel where Jesus looks at people that he's talking to and healing and says, wait, 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 hold on. Hey, I need you to tell me all the wrongs in your life, all of your sin, before I can even be here in this space with you. Jesus doesn't do that. What Jesus does is either calls out what he already knows, or he just doesn't care. He says nothing, and he just embraces and empowers and sends people away with life. And then it's with that life that they go and they tell others about the kingdom of God. And they tell others about this beautiful, radical, life-giving hope being extended to all who will receive it. So I think that begs the question of what would it look like for us then to see ourselves and others the way Christ sees us? And how would we treat ourselves and others if we always recognized ourselves as God has always seen us? as good, as beloved, and as worthy. Amen. Please stand as you are able and join me in professing our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. 
He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and God's kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. She has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Here in the wilderness, we pray to you, O God, that in our cares and concerns for the whole human family, the truth of your word may shine forth in our lives. We pray this day for your church, that she may drink from living springs and traverse the desert in trust and hope. Pray for the church. We pray this day for the world, especially the people of Ukraine, that we may come to live as one family in peace and freedom, that we may grow beyond aggression, violence, and fear. Pray for the world. We pray this day for our nation that we may be reconciled and healed, that our leaders be wise, that our children be nurtured, and our lives peaceful and just. Pray for our country. We pray this day for those who suffer, for the poor, the sick, and those who care for them, the hungry, the oppressed, those struggling with mental health concerns, and those in prison. We pray for Noah Bass, Karen Bloker, Ryan Patel, Liz Sheldnick, Bill Thaman, Hannah Titor, Elizabeth Lilly. We pray for those around the world affected by disasters, for the victims of the chemical spill in East Palestine, Ohio, and the victims of the earthquakes in Syria and Turkey. We pray for those impacted by gun violence, by those who have been injured and those who have been killed, for families and friends in cities and towns across our country and close to home, especially those in Los Angeles, Douglasville, Georgia, Cape Girardeau, Missouri, Shreveport, Louisiana, Bolingbrook, Illinois, Lake City, Florida, Sacramento, Memphis, Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Pray for those in any need or trouble. We pray this day for the departed, for the Right Reverend Frank Tracy Griswold III. Pray for those who have died. God of mercy, in this season of Lent, we pray you change our hearts mend our lives, and lead us to places of healing and wholeness. We ask this in the name of the one who came that we might have life and have it abundantly, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
And may the peace of the Lord be always with you. Let your light so shine before all people that they may see your good works and give glory to your God in heaven. All things come of thee, O Lord. And all thine own have given thee. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. 
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right to glorify you, Father, and to give you thanks. <clears throat> For you alone are God, living and true, dwelling in light inaccessible from before time and forever. Fountain of life and source of all goodness, you made all things and fill them with your blessing. You created them to rejoice in the splendor of your radiance. Countless throngs of angels stand before you to serve you night and day. And beholding the glory of your presence, they offer you unceasing praise. Joining with them and giving voice to every creature under heaven, we acclaim you and glorify your name as we sing. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the Your mighty works reveal your wisdom and love. You formed us in your own image, giving the whole world into our care, so that in obedience to you, our creator, we might rule and serve all your creatures. When our disobedience took us far from you, you did not abandon us to the power of death. In your mercy, you came to our help, so that in seeking you, we might find you. Again and again, you called us into covenant with you. And through the prophets, you taught us to hope for salvation. Father, you love the world so much that in the fullness of time, you sent your only son to be our savior. Incarnate by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, he lived as one of us yet without sin. To the poor he proclaimed the good news of salvation, to prisoners freedom, to the sorrowful joy. To fulfill your purpose he gave himself up to death and, and rising from the grave destroyed death and made the whole creation new. And that we might live no longer for ourselves but for him who died and rose for us, he sent the Holy Spirit, his own first gift for those who believe, to complete his work in the world and to bring to fulfillment the sanctification of all. When the hour had come for him to be glorified by you, his heavenly Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. At supper with them he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. He broke it and gave it to his disciples and said to them, Take, eat, 
This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Father, we now celebrate this memorial of our redemption, recalling Christ's death and his descent among the dead, proclaiming his resurrection and ascension to your right hand, awaiting his coming in glory, and offering to you from the gifts you have given us this bread and this cup. We praise you and we bless you. We praise you, we bless you. We give thanks to you, and we pray to you, Lord our God. Lord, we pray that in your goodness and mercy, your Holy Spirit may descend upon us and upon these gifts, sanctifying them and showing them to be holy gifts for your holy people. The bread of life and the cup of salvation, the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that all who share this bread and cup may become one body and one spirit, a living sacrifice in Christ to the praise of your name. Remember, Lord, your one holy Catholic and apostolic church, redeemed by the blood of your Christ. Reveal its unity, guard its faith, and preserve it in peace. And grant that we may find our inheritance with the Blessed Virgin Mary and with all the saints who have found favor with you in ages past. We praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ and with Christ and in Christ, all honor and glory are yours, Almighty God and Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. These are the gifts of God, for you, the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
Christine and Tom and Mark. I send you forth bearing these holy gifts that those to whom you go may share with us in the communion of Christ's body and blood. We who are many are one body because we all share in one bread and one cup. Let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Life is short, and we have little time to gladden the hearts of those who travel the way with us. So be swift to love, make haste to be kind, and may the blessing of God Almighty Creator, Christ, and Holy Spirit be among you now and remain with you unto the ages of ages. Amen. Sorry, I have one more announcement. We are changing the closing hymn. So I know horror of horrors, you're going to have to pull out your hymnals, which should be in the pew in front of you. And our hymn number will be 480, 480 will be our closing hymn in the red hymnal.
My siblings in Christ, our worship has ended and our service to the world begins. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Uh, I'll take it off, but I like to do it in here. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. Hi. Great job, Tim. That was awesome. You were really like. 